Well, good morning, everyone. I'm so glad that you're joining here with us for our very first sermon in 2021. And to begin with, can I just get an amen on this? Who wants 2021 to be better than 2020? Can anyone just say amen to that? (laughs) That they are longing for something a bit different, a bit more, more hope-filled, more life-filled, more even God-filled. Anyone else longing for that other than just me? I'm longing for 2021 to be different than 2020. And today, today I want to explore with you how that can be true for you and for me, how we can all experience a fresh start and to find more of God in our lives and more hope and more life and more meaning in our lives. And here's my big idea kind of right up front, okay? That if we want 2021 to be better than last year, if we want it to be more centered and more hope-filled and more life-filled, here's how it's going to happen. It's not going to happen through politicians, vaccinations, or the magical disappearance of COVID-19. Okay, Here's how I think it's going to happen. It's only going to happen through the power and the presence of Jesus Christ. That if we want a better year than last year, we need a greater focus, we need a greater dependence on, and we need a greater uh, reliance on Jesus Christ in our lives. I mean, I'm like everyone else. I'm wanting to see COVID-19 gone. I want us to be able to move into a different way of living again. But what I also know is that it is terribly dangerous to place our hope in anything else other than Jesus Christ, to place our hope in government, politicians, or that Zoom will magically become fun, okay? What I believe we need is that we need more of Jesus in our lives in 2021, and he is the one. He is the one who can make this uh, year better than last year, different than last year, and even more hope-filled and more life-filled than last year. Because here's what we believe here at Bethany Community Church. We believe that Jesus saves lives. We believe that Jesus changes lives. We believe that Jesus transforms lives. This is why we often say here that we are called to not only be changed by Jesus, but to join Jesus in changing lives. Because the church exists to change the world. Because our world needs changing. I think you see that. That's why he, we here actually exist. We really do believe that our mission is to change the world starting right here in Niagara. This is who we are. This is what we want to be a part of. And this is what we want to be about. But to do that, to do that, we need to have a greater focus on Jesus Christ than ever before. So to start off 2021, I want to share with you how we can all have a fresh start this year. How we can actually make this year different than last year through focusing and putting Jesus first in our lives. And to do that, we're going to be working through Matthew 6. So if you have your Bibles, open them up there today. Now today, what we're going to be doing is we are finally going to be getting close to finishing off the Sermon on the Mount. If you're just joining with us, every January over the past few years, we've been taking a section of the Sermon on the Mount and working it through. And we've done this. This is the fourth series, actually. So I want to encourage you, if you haven't seen those other series, to go back and to actually listen to them and to, read, uh, to actually view them. Because what ends up happening is this. Jesus' teaching builds off of one another. So in 2018, we learned about the Beatitudes, and we learned that the kingdom of God belongs to the broken in spirit. It belongs to the poor, the, put, uh, the people who can't stay put together, the hurting, and all those who are really struggling, that the kingdom of God belongs not to the perfect and put together, but to the broken and to the hurting. That's what we learned really in 2018. And then in 2019, we started to live and to learn about how to live in this kingdom uh, that Jesus calls the kingdom of heaven. And we learned about the importance of living with integrity. We learned about the importance of dealing with our anger. We learned the importance that if you want to follow Jesus, you need to love every single person, enemies included. Right? That's what Jesus teaches. And then last year, what we learned in 2020 was that if you want to live this radical kingdom living way, what you need, actually, what you need is to be formed by prayer. So we we really focused in on the Lord's Prayer together. And we focus in how we are children of God going to our Father, sharing with him all of our collective needs together so that we can find new life and new hope. And so today, we want to continue on in this series, picking up where we left off almost a year ago. And Jesus here is now going to shift and to talk about how we can be living like him, 
how we can start to live in his kingdom. And it's going to have a lot to do with our focus, and it's going to have a lot to do with putting him first. So I want to read the passage, and then we're going to start to work it through here together. I want to start in verse 19, okay? This is what Jesus says. He says this. He says, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Instead, he says, store up your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there, he says, the desires of your heart will also be or there your heart will be. Then he continues and he says, your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light that you think is actually darkness, uh, you have is actually darkness, he says how deep that darkness is. And then lastly, he says this, no one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Now, I know as soon as I read that, some of you may be having the same reaction that I did when I first came to this passage. You might be saying to yourself, Andrew, to start off 2021, you're going to start off by talking about money. That's where you want to start off 2021 with. And the short answer to that is, like, yes, actually. And in many ways, when I first read this passage, I thought to myself, this is not a great idea to start off 2021 talking about money. Like, this shouldn't be how we start off this season, hoping to come kind of out of 2020, which was such a difficult year. I actually thought to myself, when I first read this, I thought, you know what? I'm going to skip this passage. That's what I thought. I thought, maybe if I skip it, no one will even notice, right? And I'll just start with next week's message, which is all about finding freedom from anxiety and worry, which I was like, that's a good time to start off 2021 with. I thought to myself, maybe, maybe instead what I should do is just preach on this passage later or invite Andrew Epp to come and speak about this or whatever else. But as I started sitting with this passage, what I realized, and the reason I do want to share it with you here today, is because what Jesus is talking about here isn't actually money. That isn't the focus of his teaching. The focus is this, actually, that we need to have God as our focus and place Jesus first. That's what he's going to get at. That really, if we want to have a healthy and a fresh start in this year, what we need is to have God as our focus and placing Jesus first. And to do that, I want to work through this passage and to show you how Jesus here is teaching about so much more than money. He's actually teaching about the center of our hearts and our lives and the focus and the direction of our lives. So let's begin kind of working this through here together. Jesus begins by talking about our focus. That's what he wants to talk about. He says this, Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Now here what Jesus is doing is really using a vivid picture to actually uh, share with us what it's like when we place money or things at the center of our hearts and our lives. He's saying, um, imagine, imagine you spent all this time and effort building up wealth and stuff and accumulating all these possessions and then one day it's all just gone. One day, all that time and effort is just wasted. He says, imagine that happens. And then he says, really, to imagine a different way to live with a different focus. He says this, what if instead, though, store up your treasures in heaven where moss and rust cannot destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal? And here Jesus is really talking about living life with a different focus. In Greek, there's a word called telos. And what it really means is just this. It means the ultimate aim or objective of your life. It's kind of the target you're trying to hit with your life. And here what Jesus is trying to do is to help us to realize that every single life has a trajectory. Every single life has a telos. Every single life is heading somewhere. And the focus of your life, that thing will end up shaping your entire life. And this is true for all of us, that whether you realize it or not, we all today are making choices, whether consciously or unconsciously, about the kind of life we are wanting to have. 
And what Jesus wants to point out to us is just this, that there's a kind of life that is focused on wealth and possessions, but there is a different kind of life that is focused in on his kingdom. And that's the kind of life he is inviting us to prioritize, to make his kingdom our focus. That's why he says, store up uh, treasures in heaven. That's what he's talking about, a different kind of focus and a different kind of living. Now, when Jesus says this, he's not just talking about trying to earn rewards in heaven. That's actually the entire opposite point of what this passage is saying. This passage is not trying to teach us to give up uh, earning money here on earth so that we can earn money in heaven. That is not the point. Instead, Jesus wants to invite us to live differently with our lives, to live with a different focus to our lives, to live with a different telos to our lives. What he's really saying when he says store up treasures here on earth is to live in such a way here and now that we prioritize the kingdom. That's what he's inviting us into. That's what he's inviting us and challenging us to do, to live in such a way here and now that we are prioritizing his kingdom, his way of living, his kind of living. This is what he's inviting us into, to live life with a different focus than on wealth, power, or whatever else it is that the world is saying we need to live with. And this gets a little bit clearer in the next verse, actually. Jesus says this. He says, because wherever your treasure is, like whatever you're longing for, whatever you're desiring, whatever you're driving towards, right, your telos, he says this, then there the desires of your heart will also be or there your heart will be. And here I think we get a really clear picture that what Jesus is talking about isn't actually possessions. He's actually talking about our heart. And what he's trying to reveal to us is just this, that whatever captures our heart captures the direction of our lives. Let me say that again. That whatever captures the heart captures the direction of our lives. And if we want to have a better 2021, we need Jesus to capture our heart, not things, stuff, money, or anything else in this world. We need him to be first and foremost. That's what Jesus is saying. That if, if, Our heart is filled with money. That's where the center of our life will be. But if our heart is filled with him, that's where the center of our life will be also. In Jewish thought, the heart actually wasn't the center of our emotions. That's how we talk in our culture, right? So we say like, ooh, someone broke my heart. It's that our emotions were hurt. But in the Jewish way and the Jewish consciousness of understanding things, the heart wasn't the center of our emotions. The heart was the center of our actions, of our decision-making, of our wills. So when Jesus says, wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be, he's actually saying that there your center of your decision-making will be. There the center of your action will be. There the center of your life will be. And he's inviting us to live with a different focus, to place him in his kingdom first, and to let that drive our actions, to let that drive our focus, to let that drive our lives. Because truthfully, if you want to find a better 2021, it's not going to be having anything else drive or shape your life other than Jesus Christ. He needs to be the center. And that's what he's inviting us into. And this gets even a little bit more clearer with the kind of focus that we're called to live with in the next few verses, where Jesus starts to change his imagery from treasure into and homes into an eye. I want to explain what he says next. So Jesus says this. He says, your eye is like a lamp that provides a light for your body. He says, when your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think that you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. And here Jesus is shifting metaphors, but in the ancient world, here is this idea that if your eye was healthy, if it was good, it let in light. But if your eye was cloudy, if it was dark, then instead what it did was it clouded your judgment. It clouded your decision-making. It clouded everything. And so Jesus here is really pulling on an ancient idea that a healthy eye is two things. One, that it is singular in focus, and two, that it is generous. And we can see that kind of in this passage a little bit as well. So the first thing that Jesus wants to point out is that a healthy eye, a good eye, is actually singular in focus. That you're then living life with intentionality. That you're living life with purpose. That you're living life with meaning. That's what this is going at. That's what Jesus is trying to get at when he says, have a healthy eye. And we know this in many ways because if you notice, 
uh, the English translation of this passage is actually a little bit odd. It's a little bit awkward. It's correct, but it's a little bit awkward. Because listen to how it talks. It says, it says this. It's, Jesus talks. He says, your eye is like a lamp. He says, when your eye is healthy, and, you, um, and he talks about when your eye is unhealthy. And in many ways, if you notice, that sounds a little bit funny. Because we don't often talk about your eye. We talk about your eyes. Because eyes are plural, right? But here in the Greek, that word for eye is actually singular. Because what Jesus is doing is having a pun or a wordplay, and he's inviting us to live with such singular focus that we actually only have one eye or one direction or one telos or trajectory in our lives. That's what Jesus is inviting us into. When he says you have a healthy eye, what he means is this, is that you are living life with focus. The second thing that a healthy eye meant in that day and age was this, that you're living life with generosity. That you're living life actually with open-handedness and not stinginess. In Greek, uh, there is a word uh, for healthy that's there for healthy, and it's called haplous. And what it literally means is single or simple or healthy, and this word and other New Testament passages actually gets tied to generosity. So what Jesus is doing here in a very complex way in Greek, actually, that's really hard to translate into English that we get it, what he's doing is a short, pithy statement. He's essentially saying two things. What he's saying is this, is that if you want to truly live life, you need to live life healthily, which means with focus and generosity. That's what he's inviting us into. That you need to live life, that's what a healthy eye is, with focus and with generosity. Or to put it another way, that if you live your life actually with distraction and selfishness, It'll actually just increase darkness. It'll increase cloudiness. It'll actually make your life more difficult and less healthy and less whole. And I think what we can agree with, even if we don't kind of get all the different imagery that Jesus is working with right here, is that we can agree with Jesus that he is right. That if distraction and selfishness run your life, it is going to lead you into less life, not more. Let me say that again. That if distraction and selfishness are running your life, it's going to lead you into less life, not more. I think we're actually seeing that in our world, in our day and age, aren't we? Aren't we seeing distraction just steal life all over the place? I read the other day that the average phone gets anywhere from 60 to 100 different notifications a day. Like distractions are everywhere. It's pulling our thoughts everywhere. It's actually leaving us with less life, not with more. Or what about the distraction of this, of there being too much entertainment actually out there? Anybody else ever feel like me that I will never get through my list of shows to watch on Netflix? like let alone Amazon Prime and Disney Plus or whatever else it is, there is so much in our day and age that is distracting us and it's actually stealing life from us. And I think the same thing is going on with selfishness. I think our culture actually encourages selfishness. It encourages the do good for whatever feels good for us. It actually encourages consumption rather than sacrifice. And I think that this way of living, as Jesus is pointing out, it actually leads to less life, not more. He actually says that then the darkness will fill you. That's what he's talking about there. So what is Jesus' point? It's just this, that if you want to live like him, if you want to live with putting his kingdom in your focus, if you want to live like putting his kingdom first, then you need to live with focus and with generosity. That's what he's saying. And so Jesus here talks about the focus we are to have in our lives. We are actually have a focus on him and his kingdom and a focus on generosity. And then he adds in a third point. He really wants to teach us about who is first and who are we worshiping and who are we following. And so Jesus then shifts metaphors again and he says this. He says, no one can serve two masters. He says this, for you will hate one and you will love the other. You'll be devoted to one and despise the other. He says this, that you cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. And here, I don't think Jesus could actually be clearer that he's really not talking about possessions or money actually in many ways. What he's talking about is who is first in our life. Who are we following? Who is actually the God that we are worshiping? That's what he's talking about. I think actually a better way to translate that last verse would be this. It would say, you cannot serve God and be enslaved to mammon. 
That's a better translation. Because here's your nerd insight for the day, okay? That Jesus, when he spoke, he would have spoke Aramaic. And here Matthew is writing in Greek. But Matthew here includes the Aramaic word for money, which is mammon. And here's what this all means, is that when uh, Jesus is talking here, what he's referring to is not just money as a vague thing. What he's referring to as money as something that can steal your heart, something that can capture your attention, something that you can end up worshiping. Jesus is really contrasting two different gods, that you can follow the true God or you can follow a God of money that actually ends up stealing your life and creating more darkness and difficulty in your life. That's what Jesus is trying to get at. What Jesus is inviting us to realize in this moment, I think this is important for us to start off 2021 with, is just this, that we are all worshiping someone, okay? That's what I want us to realize, that we are all worshiping someone. The question is, is who are we worshiping and who are we following? Because whether we are atheist or a follower of Jesus, agnostic or whatever, we are all worshiping someone. Now, as I've uh, shared briefly before, um, I wasn't always a Christian, I haven't quite shared the whole story about all that's kind of gone on and how Krista was involved, and one day, one day I will. Um, but for a, a quite a, a number of years in my life, I actually rejected Christianity. I rejected Jesus. But here's the thing, even in that season, I didn't actually reject worshiping. Because as human beings, I believe that it is impossible not to worship and to follow something or to someone. That really, to put it this way, we are not thinking beings. That's not who we are. We are actually worshiping, wanting, desiring, or following beings. I think this is true for all of us, whether you're a Christian, an atheist, an accountant, an athlete, whatever, we all have things that we chase after. And the things that we chase after soon become our gods. Okay, that's what I want to share with you. That as we chase after things, they soon become our gods. The problem is, is that most of us don't even realize this. We don't even realize that our lives are being shaped and formed by something, right? That our lives are being shaped and formed by someone. And here Jesus is inviting us to recognize and to realize that and to make sure that our allegiance is to him and to him alone, to make sure that we are following him first because following him is the only way that we will ever find true life and true hope in a better 2021. I want to read to you a quote from David Foster Wallace, actually. Now, David Foster Wallace um, is thoroughly secular and postmodern, but what he gets, actually, that I think is quite brilliant, is he gets the dangers of our society. And he wants to talk a little bit about religious life and how we really need to choose what we are worshiping. Listen to what he says and how he puts it. He says, in the day-to-day -day trenches of adult life, he says, there is actually no such thing as atheism. He says, there is no such thing as not worshiping. He says, everybody worships. The only choice we get is what to worship. I think that's what Jesus wants us to realize is who are we worshiping? Who are we choosing to follow? He continues, and he says, in the compelling reason for maybe choosing some sort of God or spiritual uh, type thing to worship like God, uh, David Foster Wallace isn't necessarily a Christian in any way, or even religious, uh, but he says this. He says, the reason that you should choose some sort of God or spiritual type thing is that pretty much anything else you worship will eat you alive. Now, come on, is that not true? Think about that, that pretty much anything else you place first in your life other than God will eat you alive. He goes on to give some examples. He says, if you worship money and things, if they are where you tap real meaning in life, then you will never have enough. You will never feel like you have enough. He says, it's the truth. He says, worship your body and beauty and sexual allure, and you will always feel ugly. And when time and age start showing, you will die a million deaths before they finally grieve you. He says, worship power, and you will end up feeling weak and afraid, and you will need even more power over others to numb you to your own fear. He says this, worship your intellect, being seen as smart, and you will end up feeling stupid, a fraud, and always on the verge of being found out. But this is what I want us to get, because this is so true. But he says, but the insidious thing about these forms of worship is not that they're evil or sinful, it's that they're unconscious. 
He says, they are default settings, the kind of worship you gradually slip into day after day, getting more and more selective about what you see and how you measure value without ever even being fully aware that that's what you're doing. And I think that is what we are seeing in this world right now. And that is what we need to change. That people are unconsciously worshiping the wrong things that are eating them alive, that are just harming and causing so much strife and difficulty and division. I mean, when you watch on social media, when you look at politics and families and all that's happening right now, how else do you come to the conclusion that people are worshiping the wrong things that are actually dividing and causing such a pain and toll on their life? And that's what Jesus is getting at here, that while he is using money as an object, what he's really talking about is who is first in your life? Who are you worshiping? Who are you really following? Who is setting the direction and the trajectory of your life? Because if we want to have a better 2021, it begins with placing Jesus first and letting him set the direction of our lives. Because the truth is just this. We are all choosing who we are worshiping and who we are following. And there are consequences to that choice, right? John Chrysostom was an early church father. And he says this, that if you choose to put money first, if you let money direct you, he says, to have mammon as your master is already worse itself than any later punishment. And enough retribution before punishment for anyone trapped in it. And I think that's what we're seeing in our world all around us. We're seeing people's hearts who are miscalibrated who aren't worshiping the right things. And rather than finding freedom, they're actually finding more hurt and more difficulty. And so today, today, what I want to share with you, and the reason that I actually believe that this passage matters for us is just this, that what this passage is all about, it is about reminding us the absolute importance and the centrality of placing Jesus first in our lives and making him the focus of our lives. And that if we want 2021 to be any better than any other year we've ever had, this has to be the beginning place. This has to be the foundation. This has to be the start that we would place Jesus first and that we would put him as a focus. So what's my main point today? My main point is just this, that if you want a fresh start in 2021, it starts by putting God first. That's my main point today. That if you want a fresh start in 2021, it starts by putting God first. God first above money, possessions, power, whatever else it is that might be seeking to control our lives. We place God first. That's how we find freedom. That's how we find life. And that's how we find new hope. So that's my main point for us today, that if you want a fresh start in 2021, it begins by making Jesus your focus and putting him first. The question though is, the question is, is how do we do this like practically, right? Because in many ways, in some ways, saying putting God first almost sounds like a Sunday school kind of main point. It almost sounds a little bit like trite or cliched, except for the fact that it is absolutely true. I have no idea how 2021 will ever be any better if you don't have God as your foundation and the very first person in your life directing every aspect of your life. The question then, though, is how do we live this out, right? Because it's easy to say, but it's hard to live out because there are so much distractions and so much that is pulling for our time and our energy. Like we have family, friends, finances, worries. I mean, like for me, I want to find some time to watch the second season of The Mandalorian, which has not happened yet because it's just been so everything's all over the place. So how do we make sure in this season of distraction that we are in that we actually find the focus to put God first? Well, today, what I want to do to you, for you is I want to give you three actions that you can start today, and I want to encourage you and challenge you to actually carry throughout the entire year of 2021. And these three actions, I believe, will help to ensure that Jesus remains first and remains the focus of your life so that this year can be better than last year. And the three actions I want to give to you are actually tied to the three things we say every Christian is called to do. We hear when we talk about following Jesus, we talk about him with three words, up, with, and out. That if you want to follow Jesus, you need to actually focus on daily connecting up with him. That your personal relationship with him must remain a priority. 
We then talk about that if you want to follow Jesus, you actually need to join deeply with others, that you can't follow him while remaining isolated and alone. And then lastly, we talk about if you want to follow Jesus, you need to serve and sacrifice out in the community. And so today, the three actions I have for you are actually in those three circles, up, with, and out. And the three things I want to challenge you to do this year in 2021, to put God first and to make sure that he remains your focus, is to give, is to join, and is to serve. That's what I want to invite you to do this year. To give, to join, and to serve. And so the first thing I want to invite you into is just this. Would you start giving this year at a new and a deeper way? Would you make giving a priority? Would you make giving a part of your life? I actually want to be absolutely clear with that because Jesus is in this passage that we can't serve God and money. And the way then then you choose to worship God is to actually give. That actually places Jesus first in your life. You're saying, this doesn't matter to me as much as you, Jesus. So I want to challenge you to actually make a habit and a practice of giving this year. So for some of us, what this will look like is for us to give more. It'll actually mean we might sacrifice a little bit to actually give uh, in greater generosity this year. Because I believe that the church, can you just follow with me? That the church in 2021 should be the place of radical generosity. And I mean, we've seen that even through our Give Hope campaign in December, but that's not meant to be a campaign. That's meant to be a lifestyle that continues. So for some of us, what it means to give this year will be to cut back on other things so we can give more. For others of us, for other of us, it might just mean to actually start giving regularly. That while we might give when something tugs at our heartstrings, what it really needs to be is a consistent practice. If we want to be placing Jesus first, that means us consistently giving. For other of us who maybe aren't followers of Jesus yet, here's my challenge for you. My challenge for you isn't actually maybe to give to this church, but to start giving anywhere. Because I know as soon as churches start talking about money, sometimes some walls and cynicism and skepticism can go up. But what I believe is absolutely true is Jesus' teaching. And that if you follow him and actually you place money not first, you will actually experience more life than ever. So I want to challenge you, if you aren't a Christian, start giving anywhere, put Jesus to the test, and you will see that his life is actually true, that his teachings are true. So I want to encourage you this year to give, to give and to give. I give here and I tithe here because this matters, and we have actually shown through an independent study, the HALO report, that every dollar you give here, there's a $4 impact. So it matters. So I want to encourage you to make this year a year of generosity, to actually be like Jesus says, and you can't serve two masters, you can only serve him. So place him first by giving. Second thing I want to invite you into is not to place him first by giving, not only that, but to also then place him first by joining with others. Here's what I believe just so deeply, is that you cannot place Jesus first and then not invest in community. That you cannot prioritize Jesus and then ignore other people. That you can't actually place Jesus first and then not journey with other people. What Jesus has demonstrated in his life and in his teaching is the absolute importance of community. He shows this actually through the disciples, the people that he lives and moves and journeys with. He shows this in his teaching when he tells us you need to love others, which means we should be in community with others. He actually makes this very explicit in Luke where he says that the kingdom of God is found among you or in community. So this year, this year, if you want to place Jesus first, I have a challenge for you. I want to challenge you to join in with community and to actually journey deeply with others. And for us here, obviously, that means home churches. That is the primary place for both youth, kids, and adults actually journey and create community with one another. There are small groups that gather online and in person when it's safe and all of that sort of thing for us to actually share our burdens with one another, for us to actually journey with Jesus together. And this needs to be a priority if we're going to put Jesus first. We actually need to also place community and invest in that. But when Jesus was talking about a healthy eye and he named those two things that create cloudiness or um, uh, problems with our decision making, where he names distraction and where he names selfishness, 
I know that this is also a reason why sometimes we don't join in with home churches or small groups or actually creating community. Because there's so much distraction, sometimes it's easier to just not invest in the hard work of creating community. Because it takes work, but it's the most beautiful thing. Sometimes, too, the other thing that ends up happening is we start to value our own me time rather than the actual time of investing with other people. But I want to challenge you this year to make 2021 a year where you focus in on community, where you place him first by joining with others. Over the past six or eight months, as I've been talking with home church leaders, I've had the same conversation with so many of them, like so, so many of them. They shared with me how this season has been weird and difficult, trying to manage both online gathering and when it's safe and it works for their group in person and all of that. But what I've heard consistently from, uh, from so many of them is just this, that this uh, home church season has actually been the best they've, they've ever experienced. That during COVID, this sense of community has actually drawn them closer than ever before. And I can say, I can personally attest to that in my own life. That's been my own home church that has brought me so much joy, encouragement, and hope and support in this season. So I want to encourage you as we start off 2021, not only give, but then join. Join in a home church, join in community, make that your focus. Place Jesus first by reminding yourself that what matters is investing in community just like he did. And then thirdly, thirdly, what I want to invite you to do is this. I want to invite you to not only uh, give and to join, but to serve. That's what I want to invite you into this year. Give, join, and to serve. Because here's what I think there has been a subtle temptation, or maybe not even subtle, but incredibly strong temptation during COVID. I feel like there's been a temptation towards disengagement, towards division, and towards distraction. That's what I think has been going on. There's a real temptation in COVID towards disengagement, distraction, and division. And do you want to know what fixes that? Serving, actually. Getting out and doing something and actually making the world a better place. I believe that 2021 needs to be the year that we focus in on action and serving and actually making our lives count for something bigger than ourselves. I believe that if we want to place God first, we need to join God in what he is doing. And what he is doing is changing lives. So that means serving. That means joining with him. And of course, in COVID, it's going to mean, you know, in creative and safe ways. But I want to encourage you to make serving a focus this year. Because follow with me. Follow with me. If you're to place yourself not in 2021, but in 2022, my bet is, is that as you look back, my bet is as you look back, that you would hope that your life made an impact. You would hope that you've actually done something with this year. That you would hope that you would have seen some change, not only in you, but in others, and not just watch more Netflix or perfected, like, online grocery ordering. Right? You would actually hope that something more has happened to your life. And the way that that happens is and through serving. What I hear here from so many of our volunteers and our ministry partners and the people who are serving here consistently is not only how much serving fills them, but how much serving actually changes them. We have some amazing welcoming volunteers in our church. And what they tell me is how every single Sunday, seeing people and sharing with them and serving actually is a place where they meet Jesus. It actually fills them as they actually are joining with Jesus and what he is doing. A few weeks ago, I heard from one of our amazing kids ministry volunteers, and they shared with me how kids ministry is the thing that they look forward to serving in every single week, that it gives them so much life, it gives them so much hope, it gives them so much joy. They actually said to me, they said, do you know what, Andrew, your kids have made this um, like, huge, huge impact on my life. And being the discerning father that I am, I asked, is that positive or is that negative, right? Because you need to sometimes ask those things. And they said, no, it's just serving together that brings joy. So I want to encourage you, if you want to experience life this year, if you want to place Jesus first, you need to serve. Because serving not only changes you, it changes others around you. A few weeks ago, um, when I wasn't preaching, uh, we didn't come to the in-person service. And you want to know what happened with my daughter? She was so mad at me. She got up and she said, Dad, how are we not doing this? She said, I love going there. That's where I hear Jesus stories. We have story time. We do crafts. She said, Dad, you're making me miss Jesus by not taking me to church. That's what she told me. Right? So we're not making that you know, choice again. 
Um, but the reason I bring this up is that she is so impacted because somebody else gave, somebody else served, somebody else is pouring into her life. And now her life is being changed and it's being altered because of that. There's an impact in her life. So my question is, is that if you want to have an impact in 2021, you need to be serving. So what's my main point this year? My main point for this year and for actually this sermon is the same thing. Would you make Jesus your focus? Would you start putting him first and make him your focus? And the way that you can do that is through three simple actions this year. Would you give, would you join, and would you serve? And I believe that if you do these three things, if you make him a priority, if you make him the focus and the first of your life, this year will be better than last year. Because how can it not be when Jesus is the foundation, when you're putting him first in all things? So this year and this week, would you give, would you join, and would you serve so that your life might be changed and the lives around you might be changed? So with that, would you join with me in prayer this morning? God, I pray that 2021 would be different and it would be better but it would be better only because of you. I pray that we would be placing our faith and our trust in you first. I pray that you would be the first in all of our lives. And I pray, God, will we have the courage and the creativity to actually to give, to join, and to serve. Will we see more lives changed as we join with you? And I pray this year, Lord, will we never lose our focus from you? Will we never be distracted by anything, but instead have all of our hope, trust, and focus in you in this season? And we just pray this all in the wonderful name of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. And amen. Good job. Uh, How'd you feel? Yeah. It's kind of weird. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. No, I think it's good. Mm. Um. All right.